Everybody, I am very excited to be back on the KCOU airwaves on a Saturday. What am I doing here on a Saturday? You might ask. Well, KCOU has a fun uh, little tradition called Sports Saturday. I should probably introduce myself, by the way. I'm Jack Nolan. I host three shows regularly for KCOU: Box to Box, The Penalty Box, and The Unwritten Rule, which is, of course, features this song quite heavily. But I stole it for Sports Saturday. I'm very excited. Um, to be joining you guys on the airways for the next two hours. But uh, the guest I have on for the first hour hosts her own show um, mm-hmm. that has just recently moved to the A stream on KCOU. It's my good friend Kara Brown. Kara, welcome. Sports Saturday. Hello. Is, it, is it weird being in KCOU on a Saturday? Um, like, kind of. Doing your show, kind yes, of? Yes, doing my show is weird. I have come on on a Saturday before to do a football, oh my gosh, <laughs> football game or basketball or whatever. Sure. I also said, Jack and I were hanging out before this, and I was like, I hope my voice doesn't crack on air today. Right Took off about the 10 bat, seconds. <laughs> that did not work out for me, so that is great. Yeah, so, you know, welcome on to Sports Saturday. Of course, for those who have listened to both Box to Box and The Gold Standard, we've come on each other's shows um, yes. pretty recently, so I guess it's a it's a re repeat of the, the little crossover special that, mm-hmm. uh, that we did before. So... Um, you know, we kind of wanted to split this Sports Saturday in half between the content that our two shows provide, mine, of course, being soccer and Kara's um, being Olympics. And with this particular Sports Saturday, we're going to talk about Kara's favorite Olympic sport in figure skating. I've done some scouting. I'm very excited. But I'm being selfish and kind of stealing the show first to talk about some soccer stuff because, um, you know, I don't talk about it, the league, nearly as much as I probably should um, on box to box regularly. However, the MLS Cup final is happening right now, um, featuring, of course, the Portland Timbers and New York City FC. It's in overtime. They're in the 116th minute right now. Um, it's tied 1 1. Uh, NYCFC scored first in the 41st minute, and uh, Portland managed to tie it in the 90th minute. I haven't been able to watch this game yet at all today, but I'm trying to find this Portland goal because that's obviously very. Very thrilling stuff. Um, then, yeah, the championship game might go to penalties. Um, I guess, Kara, quick prediction. If it goes to penalties, who do you think is going to win just you know, out of the blue? Okay, so based on all of my MLS knowledge, which is none at all, I'm going to say Portland wins. You're going for Portland? Yeah. I will shout out my, uh, my uncle and my cousin, who are both from Portland, um, Uncle Adam and Sam, they are some true Portland Timbers fans. They were at Portland's Western Conference Finals game that sent them to the MLS Cup. I don't believe they're at this game, but maybe they are. Because I think uh, they changed the format of the MLS to where uh, the team, I believe the team with like the higher seed hosts it now. So, gotcha. Um, they, might, they might be there. I don't remember. But they'll have to send me some pictures because I don't have anything. But, um, yeah, I'm cheering for Portland, I think. I've, I've always been a a subtle Timbers fan. I have a Portland Timbers hat that I wear sometimes, but truth be told, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest MLS fan, at least from what I can gather from the stats off of this game. Looks like New York City's dominated possession. There's been, oh my goodness, there's been a lot of fouls. Um, 18 for New York and 16 for Portland, three yellow cards uh, for NYCFC and two for the Timbers. So they, this is, it's been a scrappy game. It seems like from what I, from what I gather, at least, um, 
from the statistics. Portland's out shooting New York 19 to 13. Um, so yeah, I think you're getting you're getting pretty much any form of soccer action you want, which in a cup final is is all you can ask for. And free soccer is of course always nice with a game that goes to overtime. Um, yeah, we'll have to see. I guess you know we'll keep we'll keep everyone updated throughout the show. Whoever wins the MLS Cup, um, exciting exciting stuff. But Kara, you and I talked about uh, the Premier League a good amount um, on when you came on box to box. Um, yes, we did. Which, of course, at that point we were doing predictions because there were some midweek Premier League games, the Premier League normally on like Friday through Sunday type of deal. Um, and, you know, they went back to that format this weekend. There was no games yesterday in the Premier League. Oh, no, there was one game yesterday in the Premier League. I'm mistaken. Brentford uh, took down Watford with a 90th-minute penalty goal um, to send them up to ninth in the Premier League table, which I think is a really, really good start for Brentford. Um and then there were a bunch of games in action today. Man City beat Wolves 1-0. Arsenal took down Southampton 3-0. Uh, Chelsea and Leeds in a bit of a thriller, 3-2. Um, Chelsea needed a 90th-minute penalty themselves uh, to overcome Leeds United, which would have been a big, big loss uh, or a big, big draw, I guess. Um, for Chelsea, Liverpool took down Aston Villa with a Mo Salah penalty. And Man United um, winning against Norwich City, of course, um, they have their new appointed manager, Ralph Ragnick, who came in um, from... He worked He worked on the board for a club in Russia and is now Man United's manager. Um, Kara, what, what do you remember from the games we talked about, I guess, uh, when you came on the show? And are you surprised by any of the, the results that you saw today? Um, no. No, nothing? <laughs> nothing is, like, standing out to me as shocking. Um... I mean, a lot of these are probably what I would have guessed, right. like, predicted, because it seems like, I mean, maybe Man City Wolves was, like, closer in a matchup, but, like, a lot of these were some of the top teams against some teams that weren't as good. So, I feel like it, they were pretty easy to predict outcomes. Yeah, I think I think that's valid. One thing I'm just noticing and looking at all these scorelines, there were a lot of penalties Man City's only goal was a penalty. Chelsea needed two penalties against Leeds. Um, Liverpool won because of a penalty. And Man United got their only goal in the game because of a penalty. So just kind of a funny trend. Um, you know, the PK. never Can't ever forget about it because it can, it can make or break teams for sure. And it did for a lot this week. Um, I do actually want to go back to something that, you know, a prediction that you had made on Box to Box, if I remember correctly, um, one of the midweek Premier League games, was it Arsenal against Man United? Yes. Was the game. Um, I think you, you do deserve some airtime to talk about that game because you were excited about the Gunners' prospects against Man United. You know, given the form, the run of form they were on headed into that game, um, what happened with that game and, you know, how did it impact your prediction? You know, I can't say that I watched this game, so I don't, I don't really know what went on, but... I really thought Arsenal was going to win. I like I felt it in my gut. I was like, yeah, they've been doing so well recently and like it was Man United that had the issues with like their manager, right? Or like it yes. fired their so, manager. Yeah, Man U had just fired their manager at the time. I don't believe they had known that Ralph Ragnick was going to be their interim coach yet either. Okay. Yeah, so the, like they were going through turmoil. Right. I was like, yes. This is Arsenal's game. Written in the stars. It was not Arsenal's game, <laughs> and I hate that for myself. Yeah. Kara got a, a dose of, I think, something Arsenal fans have been given for 
a really long time, which is the the level of disappointment when Arsenal are, are close to reaching some sort of pinnacle of success. In this case, it was like, you know, it's a big game against Man United. Arsenal didn't have super high expectations, but they're they're really, you know, in amongst that third to sixth place position, trying to fight in around there. That was a game they needed to win, and they had a golden opportunity to do it against, like Kara mentioned, a team with coaching turmoil. You know, you don't really know what team's going to be put out there. You don't know how it was. It was Michael Carrick, who was a former player for Man United, mm-hmm. who was their caretaker manager for that game. So they didn't even have their part-time manager who they've hired now and Ralph Ragnick there yet. They had an assistant coach coaching that game, and they still managed to get the win over Arsenal. So yeah, it was yeah that was an unfortunate one. I I remember seeing that scoreline come through, and I was uh, I was just like, oh, this is yeah. you know you, you've experienced some true I think pain that a lot of Arsenal fans have gone through. Yes, it was painful for me for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, and Arsenal since then, I mean, got a big three nil win today, but mm-hmm. then they lost their next game. They went out and lost to Everton too. So um, that was a Demare Gray ninetieth minute winner that that won that game for Everton. So Arsenal right now down in sixth. Eight wins, two draws, six losses. I guess, Kara, do you want to give a, a prediction for for the Gunners? We're basically just making you an Arsenal fan, which is kind of <laughs> yeah. unfortunate. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but. That's tough. If, I guess with what you've said they go through, <laughs> I don't really want that for myself. Right. Um, like, prediction for what they're going to do. Like, um, I guess I'll, I'll say, you know, the Christmas period in the Premier League season is very important because it's kind of like, okay. I don't, I can't, I should have looked this up when I first raised this question. I don't believe it is the actual halfway point of the season, but it's like a milestone. It might be exactly halfway, actually. Okay. But it's like the halfway point in the year. Okay. So, you know, Arsenal, let's see, Arsenal play, I believe they have a couple more matches before Christmas. They play, uh, looks like two games and then they play on Boxing Day. Where would you like to see them on Christmas or ahead of that Boxing Day game? So results in their next two games. Okay, so... What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Their next two games are against West Ham and Leeds United. Yes? Yes. Okay, hold on. I'm going to quickly... Okay, so West Ham is four right now and Leeds United's 15. Okay. Right. Um, they need me... They can't lose to Leeds. That'd be so embarrassing. <laughs> like, as a team that's trying to be up at the top... Mm, if you lose to Leeds, I have no faith in Arsenal ever again. West Ham's going to be really tough, especially because uh, Arsenal. Now, I said they had a lot of momentum, and that's why I had a lot of faith in Arsenal. Now they don't have the momentum right. anymore. It's not the same. Not the same place. So that's kind of tough for them. They also, I think they were fifth then. They've now fallen to sixth, which... That means what are so it's the top four and then the fifth. What what does that mean again? Um, so the top four qualify for the Champions League and that fifth place spot gets a Europa League spot. So the European League right below the Champions League. Okay, so Arsenal was I think when I last came on in that fifth spot and right. now they've dropped. So I honestly don't see them getting back up there. Maybe they burned me once and now I'm like they'll never burn me again. <laughs> Arsenal's falling now because they didn't beat Man United. Right. So do you think they're going to fall down or just stay kind of right in that sixth spot? Uh, I think they'll probably stay around six or seven, but I don't think they'll get back up into a top five situation. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. Leeds United are a team that I think can be kind of a spoiler, even though they're not where they want to be either. 
um, in terms of their placement in the table. But I mean, just looking at their game this week, they pushed a Chelsea squad who are in second place to um, or third place to um, you know the brink. They mm-hmm. they they only lost three to two. But yeah, I think Arsenal and that game against West Ham is also huge because that's both those clubs are in London. Those London rivalries are always very feisty games. So. That's going to be a big, big game, I think, for the outlook of Arsenal season. If they can overcome West Ham, get a good win against Leeds, heading into that Christmas period, um, you're set up for a pretty easy uh, Boxing Day matchup against Norwich City because they're in last place. So, yeah, I mean, the expectations are are Arsenal win both those games. But I don't know, like you said, if that's necessarily going to happen. Um, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see, you know, what, like, kind of, happens moving forward for the Premier mm-hmm. League in general. Like, there's there's a trend. I don't... For a long time, the statistic was, I believe, every team that is in first place uh, at Christmas wins the league, and they there were two exceptions. Who do you think... What teams do you think those two exceptions were? Teams that Brief were quiz. in so, the lead at Christmas. Yeah, but then didn't end up winning okay. the league. Hmm. I believe this is a correct stat. Still. <laughs> I hope it's wrong. I'm it just might, kidding. It might be wrong. Um, is one of them Liverpool? One of them is Liverpool. Is was that was it recently? Um, the second one, I think, was pretty recently. It wasn't. I don't think it was in the last. It wasn't the year they came second because I don't think they were in first. Okay. It was a couple of years ago though. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to save you some trouble for the other one. They were both Liverpool. Oh, they, they were. Liverpool did it twice, um, where they were top of the table at Christmas and didn't end up winning the Premier League. One of them, I believe, was in 2013 when one of their most legendary players, Steven Gerrard, they were playing a game against Chelsea. He was drifting in like the back line, and they passed it to him, and he slipped, and uh, Chelsea attacker cut the pass off and ran in for like an easy goal that wouldn't have happened if he hadn't slipped. So... Um, they fumbled the bag there, and oh. then in their next game that I think would have also secured them the title, they just needed to draw with, I believe, Crystal Palace, and they lost like 4-1. That's so tough. They, they really, uh, they, Liverpool like throwing away titles, but I mm-hmm. ask that because, of course, we are a couple of weeks away from that Christmas period, and there is a really, really tight race at the top of the Premier League table right now. Right now you've got, in the current state of things, um, Obviously, there's still games to be played tomorrow, so some teams are on 15 games played, some are on 16. Um, Right now, in first place, we have Man City with 38 points. Second place is Liverpool with 37 points, and in third is Chelsea with 36 points. Then there's a big drop-off. Even though they've only played 15 games, West Ham are down in fourth with 27 points, so they're not going to be, even if they win tomorrow, they're not going to be moving anywhere in the table. They're too Mm -hmm. far behind Chelsea. Um... I guess I'll I'll just ask which of those top three teams are going to be at the top of the Premier League in that coveted first place at Christmas spot. Well, that is an interesting question that you pose. <laughs> um, hmm. I can give the matchups too of the teams they play, like kind of going forward. Yeah, if you want as do well. that. Okay, so Man City's next couple of games they play. Um, Leeds United, actually, okay. on the 14th, so this upcoming Tuesday, and then Newcastle. Oh, uh, okay, so they have a pretty easy schedule. Not too bad for Manchester City. Um, Liverpool are going also to Newcastle, and then they play Tottenham on December 19th. Okay. And, and then Chelsea have Everton and Wolves as their next two games before the Christmas 
Christmas Day, I guess. Yeah, well, I hate to say this because I know you're you're a Liverpool fan, but I do think Man City is going to keep their. You think top Man City spot. will stay stay at the top spot? Yeah, they're already there, and like their next couple of games are just too easy. I don't see them falling. Yeah, I I'm inclined to agree. Uh, Man City have scored 39 goal or 33 goals in the league this year and allowed just nine. Um, they're you know pretty much an unstoppable force. Yeah, like. It pains me because Liverpool have only lost one game all season, but they, they're they still in second place because there's a couple games they've drawn, and Man City just find ways to win. Mm-hmm. Um, they have so many offensive weapons, they can just outscore teams when it's all said and done. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm inclined to agree with you, but it's very exciting. I did, uh, on the unwritten rule the other week, um, pick... It was like a, we did a sports Christmas wish list, so we picked one thing gotcha. that we want to see happen in sports, and I said, I hope Liverpool are in first place at Christmas. I guess we'll end the soccer segment with that, or okay. just generally. What would you want one thing on your sports Christmas wish list? It could be anything. Ooh. It doesn't have to be related to Christmas either. It's just something you wish for Okay. to happen for one of your teams. Okay. Ooh. A lot of my teams need some... Some good wishes. Some Christmas magic. Right now, yeah. Um, But I think what I'm going to say would be my Christmas wish for one of my teams is that my wish would be that Patrick Mahomes return to old form because he simply has looked trashy this season. No disrespect, Patrick, but he's looked trashy. So you'd want him to go back to, like, the year they won the Super Bowl kind of play? Literally any year except for this year. <laughs> like, I, they keep showing his stats, like, this year compared to other years. It's horrendous. Like, it's so bad. The interceptions are terrible. He's not getting, like, I think he still has quite a few, like, touchdown passes, but his yards are way down, and, like, yeah. uh, it's trash. But yet, like, you know, it's similar to what I said with, with City. The Chiefs, like... Don't seem to be playing well, but still find a way to win. At least, like, recently, I feel like that's um, been... Like, they've won ugly, kind of. Yeah, because they're playing trash teams. Right. I mean, like, they beat the Cowboys, which was, like, kind of good. But I think the Cowboys are kind of fraudulent because they, they're they not looking as well. They, they're yeah, not playing they, as well recently. They've been on the, down, the downward spiral. Yeah. Um, Mike McCarthy did promise that they will win their game tomorrow. Um, he like there's like that's huh. the statement. He was like, "We will win this football game," and I'm like, "Now you're definitely losing." Yeah, no, I kind of no hope way. they don't because I picked against them this week. So right. Um, okay, so just Patrick Mahomes returning to yeah to winning form because I could wish for like the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl this year, right? But that's too easy. <laughs> you I, only have one wish. You can't. Yeah, yeah you if can't. Patrick Mahomes returns to old form, the rest of the season's fun, and they win the Super Bowl. There you so. go. Covering your bases. I respect yeah. it. Okay, well, that is Kara's, I guess, sports Christmas wish. Mm-hmm. Let's see if Liverpool can go top of the table at Christmas. We'll have to see. Um, we're going to kick it to a short break, but when we come back, we're going to chat with some figure skating, switch up, the, yes. switch up the, the talk on this sports Saturday. It is currently 5.26 p.m. Central Standard Time in Columbia, Missouri, and you are listening to, I don't know, Sports Saturday, I <laughs> yeah. guess, on KCOU 88.1 FM. Look at me. Busy as a bee, where'd I get all this energy? Oh man, mm, man, I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh man, mm, man, get these hairs all out of my face. 
Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, meth. Oh, meth. Hey, this is KCOU, 88.1 FM. Are you trying to release the hottest project of this year, possibly next? Come down to our studio in the Student Center, and we can mix, master, record, edit, engineer your whole project, your whole artistic experience wrapped into one visit. Please come down and visit us. If any of this interests you, please email sessions at kcou.fm. Welcome back, everybody, to Sports Saturday on KCOU 88.1 FM. Uh, you are tuning in to the hosts of uh, three KCOU shows <laughs> and the host of the Gold Standard on KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm Jack Knowlton, and alongside me is Kara Brown. Kara, yes. how was the how's Sports Saturday going so far? It's going how's great. Your, how's your Sports Saturday experience? Um, it's been great. <laughs> Only negative so far is that I did have my voice break very early <laughs> in the show. That was it. If you took the uh, the over on the amount of minutes that would take to happen, you're disappointed. I I seriously would have been way off. I think I, I would have said it take until about now yeah. for my first voice it was, break. It was right away. It, when it the voice like the isn't warmed up, though, it's like... That, yeah, that's I think true. I should start doing voice exercises before, like the like um, yeah. red leather, yellow leather, that yeah. one. So I, you know, you can talk really, clear. really warm up the voice. Exactly, the vocal cords. Yeah, I also want to um, take a moment. I I am the host of the Gold Standard, yes, but I also <laughs> host a podcast with my friend Katie Athey. It's called the Different States of Mind Podcast, and our premise started out as. Like, she's from Maryland, I'm from Missouri. How did our different places we grew up and different experiences shape us and make us view things differently? Now it's kind of just us talking <laughs> every week, having having some fun. Um, Jack was on for an episode. It's, it's called Man Bands. Definitely go listen to it. Um, but definitely go listen to just all of them because it's a lot of fun for us. So we want people to listen to it. Yeah, go check out DSOM for sure. Um, yes. Also, we are going to um, we're going to steal another segment yeah, we're from another. Steal. From another I, like we're just going to put it out there. We're going to steal another segment. We're plagiarizing. From this. A, yes, we are plagiarizing a segment real quick before we dive into some figure skating discussion. Yes. So um, you also would have heard them on Sports Saturday mm-hmm. this morning. Um, uh, KCOUers Chase Madison and Luke Magnanti host a show on Friday mornings called Cup of Bro. Great show. Yes. Um, definitely go check it out. But uh, they do a little bit where Chase is, of course, a he is a coffee aficionado, some mm-hmm. might say. So they do a little segment where he brings a different uh, style coffee into the studio and tries it out. And then Luke gives it a little review or, or guesses what yes. Chase's review is going to be, I should say. Yes. Um, so, Kara, you brought in a coffee. You're a I coffee did. drinker. I am not. Yes. We're going to steal the segment. That It's perfect because that that's it, their it dynamic. Our, our dynamic's the same. I'm going to need you to pass me the post-it notes Uh-oh. in the studio because Chase does write down his that's score. That's right. They make it this very is official. Also, 
it's a score from yesterday is the top thing that's the, on, on the here. It's note. a 7.4. <laughs> I will say, I tuned in to Cup of Bro yesterday morning, and Chase had an Irish cream cold brew. Ooh, sounds and, fancy. Um, Luke and the guest, they both guessed in like the sixes mm-hmm. for what Chase's rating would be. Chase's rating was a 7.4. I guess 7.1 on my so own. So you were close. So you're, so you're taking some bragging rights there. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, because what they were saying was like Chase didn't seem super excited about it. So they thought it was in the sixes. But I was like, no, no, no. Because like seven's pretty like base. <laughs> so I, I felt like I knew. Fair I enough. knew Chase's rating very well in that moment. But yes, if you want the OG Cup of Bro or like a coffee review, definitely tune into Cup of Bro. Yes. We're, we're just doing some promotion for him. A yeah. little, little switch up of the people doing <laughs> This is just a review. promo. Yeah. Um, so what coffee did you get? What I have today, I have a dirty chai, which is a chai tea latte with espresso. Usually I have a grande. Usually in a grande I get two shots of espresso, but I got this at... Like 4 p.m. So I <laughs> Probably got, not the best idea. Yeah, so of. I got one shot of espresso. I will say it's a little bit sweeter than I would like. Okay. But I did that to mm. myself. Um, but a dirty chai is one of my favorite drinks, and Starbucks dirty chai is great. Can you also hand me a pen <laughs> so I can write down my score? Thank you. Everyone, that, wow, that was well heard through the, through the mic. Yes. The pen, the pen pass. Okay, so hmm, I've been given some hints while Kara's writing down her number. I've been given some kind of clues as to what I should guess because it's one of her favorite drinks, but she said it was sweeter than usual and not the normal size. I was also on Cup of Bro, and I had to guess. I didn't do too badly, and I do not know coffee. Um, All of the things Kara said that was in her coffee, I don't know what most of those things are. (laughs) Um, I've heard of tea before. Um, (laughs) I've heard of tea. I don't know what – never mind. I'm not going to make myself look look more foolish, but – um, do you have your guess locked in? You mean my, my score? Your score, yes. It's not a guess. It's I, not a I guess. know my score. See, Cup of Bro does this better than we do. So <laughs> we're, we we're not we practiced. Yeah. That's our thing. Okay. Okay, I you do, have, I have my You rating. have your score. So it's out yes. of 10 to the, uh, whatever, to the first, first decimal. decimal place. Yes. I'm going to guess a 7.2. Uh oh, I'm way off. You were so close. I was. What was it? Seven point one. Yeah. Oh. I almost. Dang. I was going between seven two and seven one, and I was like, "It's just too sweet." Is my thing. <laughs> Should have known. Yeah. Fair enough. But I'm I'm proud of myself. I did not think I get that close. I also kind of didn't want to put seven one because that's what I said I guessed for chases. Oh yeah. But I was like, but that's what I felt. That's what that's it, what I felt. It felt <laughs> Had like to be a honest, seven one. Of course. All right. Well, yes. For a. Uh, Probably more well-done version of that. Listen to the actual Cup of <laughs> yes. Bro on KCOU, 9 a.m. on Fridays, Luke McNanty and Chase Madison. It's a great show. Okay. Yes. Now, we're shifting over to, I suppose, the gold standard portion of this Sports Saturday, our number one. Um, Kara, what are we talking about? Yes. So, on the gold standard, usually each week I go through a different sport and I'll have either just myself or I'll have a guest on and we will talk through the sport, the history, the last Olympics, Beijing coming up, everything about it. But today I thought I'd do something a little bit different because I became a big figure skating fan during the 2018 Olympics. And so I thought it'd be fun if I showed Jack a couple of my favorite skates from those Olympics. Like, these skates are what got me so into figure skating. So they're a big deal to me. 
and kind of talk through them. And they're all actually also important to um, the Olympics. So I thought it'd be fun to watch them and talk through them. Jack has already watched them. I sent them to him earlier. So he has some notes, I, I do. know. I have questions. Questions? I have many questions. Perfect. So here's my thought process on how we'll do it. I'll give you a little bit of background to the skate, and then I'll play it. We can just, like, talk through it. If you had questions about the skate when you watched it, we can, like, talk while we're watching Got it. Got it. Um, and then afterwards, if you have any questions after, we could talk about it then. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. So this first skate is a free dance skate. By Maya and Alex Shibutani of the United States. They are siblings. They are also known as the Shib Sibs. That is, that is an awesome nickname, first it's of all. It's so fun. Um, they did their skate to Paradise and Fix You by Coldplay, which, amazing music choice, of course. in my opinion. The man bands. I mean, Absolutely I, I played, we played Coldplay, I believe, as an entrance song into this yes. show. So... Um, so there was kind of, as always in the United States, a real race at the top for the ice dance. And it was between Maya and Alex Shibutani, uh, Madison Hubble and Zachary Donahue, and Madison Chalk and Evan Bates, two of which are still the ones competing. Maya and Alex do not compete anymore. They retired after this Olympics. But um, so for like the bronze medal, they were all supposed to be in a really tight race for the bronze. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of backstory. So I'm just going to go ahead and hit play. I have it playing in the studio. So. <laughs> Very fun. If it'll work, hopefully. Yeah. Sorry. I was trying to get the sound <laughs> to go. You really have to, when you're watching figure skating, have the music going yeah, to really seems... appreciate it because the artistry and stuff, a lot of it is dependent on the interpretation of the music and how the skate goes to the music. Um, so we do have to have the sound on in the studio. So you might be able to hear it a little bit in the background. Um, but yes, Maya and Alex, like I said, they became my favorite figure skaters after this competition. Like, I watched them. They also competed in the team competition, which was before this. This was the individual competition. And during that, I was like, oh my gosh, I love them. So I remember staying up, like, during high school until, like, probably 11.30 p.m. And I, like, had to turn around and get up at, like, 6 right. the next day. And I was, like, watching... The, these free skates, this free skate competition, because I was like, I have to know if they're going to make the podium. And there was such a like divide between the gold and silver medalists mm -hmm. and then those who were competing for bronze. So it wasn't a situation of like, oh, they could compete for any of the podium spots. It was like, oh, they're either going to get bronze or nothing. Wow. And to put it in perspective... Madison Hubble and Zachary Donahue scored, I think, like a point or so less than Maya and Alex did. Like, overall, was the separation between them. Mm -hmm. And Hubble and Donahue ended up getting fourth. Right. 
And the way it happened was Zachary Donahue got like a little too into the skate and like threw himself down on the ground, but it wasn't part of the rehearsed choreography. Oh, no. So they called it a fall and he got a one point deduction. And if he wouldn't have gotten that one point deduction, they would have gotten bronze. And that cost him, so that cost him a medal. Yes. Wow. And I was so excited about it. Because <laughs> you were rooting for them, yeah. Because I wanted Maya and, Maya and Alex to be on the podium so bad. And I just absolutely was, like, entranced by this skate. Um, so right now, this is their twizzle sequence. Right. And for One those of the best of you, terms in sports, by the way, that I've learned yes, is a twizzle. If you don't know what a twizzle is, it's basically spinning around pretty quickly on one skate. You have to be, I think, on the edge. You like get graded on being on the edge of the skate. And then also, it's not like a traditional spin where it's stationary. You have to be also moving across the ice. So it's really hard to keep your balance. And then also, they have to be synchronized to be the highest level. Right. And Maya and Alex do a great job at the Twizzles. They're very synchronized. They move a lot across the ice. Um, they get they were known for like their Twizzles and doing very well with their Twizzles. They also, I don't know if you noticed, but they moved their arms around during their Twizzles mm. and that helps your grade of execution too because if you move your arms like up and down, your center of gravity changes. Oh, sure. So yeah, it, it makes it a off. lot harder to keep your balance if your arms are moving. So uh, they, they incorporate... Because I can imagine when they're choreographing all this, they're like, where do we try? Oh, we're going to move our arms at this twizzle. Oh, we're going to do this, you know, rotation or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, they factor all of that in in addition to having to choreograph this. I mean, this is like a four-minute like performance, right? Yes, so the free program is around four minutes. They also do a short program, which is their first program, which I think is like two minutes. Wow. Yeah. And so like one thing that really impressed me about like their performance, like you mentioned, like the synchronization of it, I could like this just comparing it to when I was watching the other uh, skaters that you that you had, had sent they looked like genuinely very happy to be like mm -hmm. doing their routine. Like, I think it definitely helps that they're siblings, but like you can tell they enjoyed putting in the work to like get to this point. Like they were yeah. all smiles through the whole thing, mm -hmm. which when you're concentrating that much on what, like not only, you know, the physical toll that doing something like that takes, but also remembering all the choreography and the routine and not having mess up moves, like, and still like beaming through that whole thing was yeah. very impressive. So I was like, that's why, and now it makes sense when you explain that context. I was like, how did they only get bronze? But mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that shows the level that you have to be at for, for that competition. Yes. But I was very impressed. And I, it was just, it made me happy. I was like, this is so wholesome. Mm -hmm. It's just two siblings. Like, I have watched that skate an ungodly number of times. <laughs> like, you have the routine down? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have it memorized. Down to a it's all up here. If I could skate, I could do it from memory. Not really, but. <laughs> No, it's so much fun. It was such, like, a good thing for the United States, too, just yeah. to, like, get on the podium in that competition, um, which was, people thought that was going to happen because it was supposed to be between the three U.S. Uh, teams. I never know what to call them because I hate calling them pairs when it's not pair skating, but, like, whatever. Gotcha. Um, 
but it it's so good. It's genuinely so good. And Maya and Alex, I follow them both on Instagram and I used to be subscribed to their YouTube channel. They're just like so nice right. and so genuine. So it's fun to see people like that do well at their sport. It's awesome. Win. I feel like the Olympics more than almost any other competition does that where it really connects you to an athlete. Like, yeah, I don't know. You get, they do such a good job of giving people's back cause they have to, cause no one really knows who these people are first. Like, you know, you, this Olympics got you into figure skating. Then you learned about who these people were. It makes you, makes them more fun to root for. Right. Which I think yeah. is cool. All right. What's the next one? Okay. So our next skate is another ice dance routine. And it really might take the cake for being my favorite, like free skate ever. I love this one so much. It is Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer of Canada their Moulin Rouge free skate at Pyeongchang. Now, um, Virtue and Moyer are one of the, like, I th- I'm pretty sure one of the most decorated teams slash athletes in Olympics history. They were on the podium in, I think, four different Olympics. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure they were on the podium from 2010 to... 2018. That's a long time for figure skating, too. Yeah, which it does help that it's ice dance. I will say there is more longevity in ice dance because they don't do jumps. So that's impressive in any sport, though. Yeah. So they are, they were the favorites coming into this competition, although it was going to be a tight race between them and Papadakis and Cicerone of France. Um, and it was also known that Virtue and Moyer were going to retire after this skate. Oh, okay. So, so the last hurrah. Yes. Um, they, I mean, are just incredibly good at their craft. And they'd been skating together for so long. And you could just tell that, like, their chemistry together was so good. Um, yeah, so, that, and now that you provide that like backstory, it makes like they seemed like a mm-hmm. pair that had been doing this for a long time. Like the trust they had to pull off some yes. of the moves they pull off in this routine was, I was like, that doesn't, you don't just do that no. with someone you're paired with for the first time. No, um, <laughs> their chemistry actually in this skate was so good that it sparked up a lot of dating rumors. Between them? That's funny. That kind of doesn't surprise me either, just with the like how the routine is. But Yeah. The routine is um kinda it's like It almost tells a story a little bit. It like does. it's like Um that is because it's two music from Milan Rouge. Right. And so it follows the story of right. Milan Rouge. But the goal is in skating to kind of tell a story through your skate. They do an amazing job of it here. I do think part of that was music selection, but the skaters get to choose their music. So, like, good on them for selecting a good piece to skate to. Yeah. I think, think like, fitting it with the music is a cool, like, Mm -hmm. thing that you have to incorporate. It almost makes it, like, yes, it's obviously a sport, but it almost makes it, like, an art form. Like, it's, like, uh, you know, it's it's a way of expressing, you know, like I guess it's a, it's a way of self-expression, you know, mm-hmm. the 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 choreography that they do and stuff. Um, one thing that was really impressive for me in this run was when um, oh I'm blanking on her name I apologize when Virtue literally like stand like 
he lifts her up and she's just like standing while yes. he's like squatting on the ice and just he's like she's literally standing. I'm like, doesn't that hurt? Yeah. Those are blades. Yeah, she was standing on his legs yeah. in one of their lifts. And their lifts in this program too are so incredibly good. And I I don't think they were in any way underrated. I think everybody knew that their lifts were incredible. But their entrances into lifts were also so good. There's one point where Virtue like does a flip and like lands. Oh, it's right now. And like lands <laughs> yeah. on his shoulders. The first time I saw, actually every time I see that, I'm like, oh my gosh, how did they do that? Also, that's got to be so dangerous because like you said, she has have, blades yes, on, on her, her feet. feet. So like, oh, it's like dangerous in so many aspects, but oh my gosh, we're gonna get an ad on the YouTube. Video <laughs> oh Lord, that's that we don't we don't love we don't love promotion. That's but, so bad for us. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like I I like it was. I thought this one honestly. I watched it. In my first reaction, I was like, I kind of like this one better than the first one, only because it was like the stuff they pulled off. Like you could tell it was experienced mm -hmm. and like. They trusted the two of them trusted each other enough where they're like, yeah, we can incorporate this in our routine. It worked superbly. So what mm -hmm. place did they end up coming in? Guess. <laughs> what do you think they beat Papadakis and Cicerone? Based on you haven't from seen what, Papadakis and Cicerone. From what you tell me, I'd inclined to say no. So I'm gonna say they got the silver. They actually won the gold. They did? Yes. Okay, that's valid though. Because I mean, yes, I haven't seen that the Papadakis and Cicerone run, but mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I think, again, I'm like a first time watcher for the most yeah. part. So I'm like, all of this deserves gold. This looks impossible. <laughs> but um, I think this one for sure is like, if I were ranking the two I've seen, mm -hmm. I think it's valid that this one got ranked above. Like it could, I could see it for sure winning a gold medal. Yeah. When you said that, when you watched it the first time, I thought that was really interesting because I was like, it is interesting to me that you could see the difference in skill between right. the two and like. You were correct that, like, this one was better. It was scored better. It won the Olympics. Um, but I thought it was interesting that you noticed that. I agree. I, as much as I love Maya and Alex, and I was rooting for them. Yeah, they were fun to watch, but, like. Yeah, when I saw this skate, because they were also the last ones to skate, because they were leading after the short program. Oh, sure. I was losing my mind. I was like, no, this is the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. It's over. Yeah. It. And I mean, it was like their last run, and then like at the oh, end, yeah, they their got emotion, emotion sure. they get, they're like so happy, but like it's such a good moment. And I mean, I've said before, I'm very biased towards U.S. athletes in the Olympics, but when I saw them, I was like, no, never and they're mind. They're from Canada, correct? Yes, I was like, I'm rooting for them to win. I take it all back. <laughs> the neighbors to the north. That's fair enough. Yes. All right. What is the what is the next skate you've got for us? Okay, the next one, again, like, I'm going to go crazy over all these skates because I picked ones that well, of course, I, yeah. I absolutely love. So uh, the next skate we're going to be watching is Nathan Chen's free program at Pyeongchang. And the backstory here is Nathan Chen was supposed to be competing against Yuzuru Hanyu for the gold. Supposed to be like neck and neck, neck, neck. battle to the end. Um, 
Nathan Chen is known as the quad king. He was supposed to come out, land all these quads, and absolutely just like... The quad king sounds like a name of like a bodybuilder or like, a, or like a professional <laughs> yeah. wrestler or something. So he's supposed to be giving Yuzuru Hanyu a run for his money. Nathan Chen, of course, of the United States, comes out in his free program, or sorry, his short program, and it was not pretty. He like, I'm pretty sure... Like completely fell on two jumping passes. Oh boy! And just it was like out of contention for the podium. There was no way he could possibly get back on the podium. And um, spoiler, he did end up coming in. Oh, I should have looked it up. He comes in either fourth or fifth. So he gets close. Yeah, he got so close, and like there wasn't supposed to be a chance that he was close because of what happened. Before. Yeah, so Nathan Chen typically scores around 100 in his short programs. Mm. He scored an 82 here. Wow. So really, really bad for him. He had, I believe, four quads planned for this program. He ended up doing six. That's what I counted. I was, which, I was, I was happy I got the count right. Yes, <laughs> which was absolutely insane. Yeah. And like unheard of. I remember when I was watching this when it came on at the Olympics, the commentators, Terry Lipinski, Johnny Weir, and I forgot Terry's last name because they just call him Terry (laughs) and Terry. um, They were all losing their minds. They were like, he landed six quads and like two of them also were not planned. He just threw them in there to get more points. Wow. So you can do that. You can't, you like, do you have to report i guess how many you're gonna attempt but then you can you can do more but not less is that kind of the the situation so you have planned content for your program and there are certain things that you have to do and there's certain rules so like in a short program if you do a single jump of any kind it doesn't count for anything okay you're not allowed to do a single jump in a short program In the free program, you have to have, like, so many jumping passes, and you have to have, like, at least one in combination or, like, something like that. There are certain rules to what you have to have in your program. Sure. As long as you still hit all of those required aspects, you can change it as much as you want. People typically don't because they know, like, what they can land, and also it's incredibly tiring to land I that many quads. Um, I was getting dizzy just watching the the first one that I saw. I was like, uh, and he does six. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just absolutely crazy that he, like, was able to on the fly be like, no, I'm actually, instead of these triples, going to throw in two more quads yeah. to this program. Um, Yuzuru yeah. Hanyu did end up winning, too. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, tough that, like, his short program let him down, but like great. I mean, that's an example of just great individual like resilience in mm-hmm. terms of he was able to come back and like there's so much pressure on just one athlete in a sport like this. So you know, very impressive. Like you know, I have on my notes like he looked like he looks like the best skater in the world in this clip. Like you can see why he was placed in that neck and neck race, even though it didn't turn out well for him. Like this is something to carry forward. I'm sure for him. Like you know, he knows he knows what he's capable of. But yeah, that I I don't know. That's it was very impressive. And yeah, six quads was insane. I was trying to I was trying to keep count as I went. And I was like, and it was funny. I did like I don't know the figure skating moves like 
amazingly well, but when mm-hmm. I saw a quad, I was like, oh, that's a quad. That's a quad. <laughs> that, that's, that's what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Um, all right, well, should we put on the next one just to have yeah. talk about it a little bit before we run out of time? I think that's fair because this next one, I we we really do need to talk about. Yeah. So this is Alina Zagitova's free skate. She, of course, is from Russia. She was also supposed to be in a very close competition with Evgenia Medvedeva from Russia. Now, we just talked about figure skating. We just talked about the top Russian ladies. Right. Neither of their names are being said anymore. No, that's They're fine. gone. She was 15 in this when she was. She's 15 in, she's in this clip. She's 15 in oh this Oh, my goodness. Clip. That's insane. She's gone. <laughs> she, you're done. Yeah. There's like six very good Russian ladies right now. She's not one wow, of them. That's unreal. Um, and she wins the gold here, which I think Evgenia Medvedeva should have won, but that's just my <laughs> Well, opinion. they're both gone now, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. At this point, Evgenia Medvedeva was undefeated. She had not lost wow. competition. So it was, it was a tight, tight race. Sure. But... What Alina Zgidova did here and what won her the gold medal mm-hmm. was she backstacked her program. She put all of her jumping passes in the second half of her program, Yeah, which I talked to you about earlier. And as you watch it, it's like once you're told that, you can't not see it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing she does, which Evgenia Medvedeva also does, but should be brought up, is she puts her arms over her head during some of her jumps and that also gets you a higher grade of execution because Same. once the again, of gravity thing changes your I didn't even think gravity. about that that's a very that's a very sound that's a that's a good point yeah so before the Pyeongchang Olympics well and during but not after <laughs> the rule was all your jumping passes that were in the second half of your program got a 10% bonus onto the score. Oh, so she just put them all at the end. Exactly. And then just racked up the bonuses. So all of her jumping passes got a 10% bonus, which Medvedeva's did not. Uh, yeah, and so, so that gave her the edge. That's how she got the score bonus. So, so Med- Medvedeva? Yes. She, like, probably had the better skate, but... In my because opinion, of the bonuses. Did, yes. Wow. Yes. So that's not allowed anymore. No. So after this Olympics, because of this, right. because of literally this skate, the ISU changed the rules. And now only the last three jumping passes of a program get the 10% bonus because they said it wasn't fair. Wow. Now, I actually disagree with that change because it's incredibly difficult to backstack your program like this because. It's so tiring. Usually, um, skaters want to get their like most difficult jumps out of the way right Fast, at the beginning yeah. of a program because you're skating on tired legs once you get to the second half of the program, and it makes it so much harder to do the jumps. Yeah. So I think like if you're skilled enough to put all of your jumps in the second half of your program, you should just be given all the bonus. Like, yeah, fair you, c- you deserve it. But... Yeah, so they changed the rule. Now it's only the last three jumping passes, and it is called the Zagitova rule. Oh, nice. Named okay, after she, Alina yeah, that's Zagitova. fair. They got to name it, name it after the rules. Yeah, that's interesting. So this just has a, some historical significance to this mm-hmm. skate, in addition to it being incredibly 
you know, it won her the gold medal. So it's an incredibly good skate as well. Yes. Um, she then went to Worlds after this, did very poorly. And was gone. And then, like, fell off the face of yeah, skating. There you go. So, kind of Just like tough. that in the blink of an eye. That is that is wild. That's what, like, adds to the amount of pressure. Like, yeah. These athletes are under for one performance. That's pretty insane. No, it definitely does. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely learned a lot. That's really cool. I had no idea they, they made, you know, rules like that. It's always fun when you, like, kind of watch that history and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you remember this, like, the skate um, or I'll compare it to something that just happened in college football where a quarterback did a fake slide and oh, now they're yeah. going to change the rule and you're like, you know, it's interesting to like yeah. debate that. Like, should they change it? Should it still count? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, uh, that's, that's cool. And I definitely learned a lot. And so I'm, I'm glad I could see some of the best of the best yeah. from Pyeongchang. I'm looking forward to, to figure skating in the upcoming Olympics. Should be oh, fun. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it so much. Who's just one skater you want to just see do well if you got to pick one? Ooh. Tend off the show. If there was one skater that I wanted to see do well, it would be Vincent Joe of the United States. Because Nathan Chen, I mean, you'd just expect him to do well, although he's been he had kind of a rocky start to this season. Right. But Vincent Joe is always like right there. He's always so close to like being on the podium at big events like this. And he did fairly well at the Pyeongchang Olympics. And so I would just, like, love to see him lay down. Finally win one. Yeah, so he came in right behind Nathan Chen in Pyeongchang. He took six. Right. So, like, he's always just, like, right there. So I want so badly. And he said he's going to retire after this season. He's also our age. Yeah, because he's he's going to college, right? That's right. So I would love to see him come out, get on the podium, and just, like, finally get that victory that I think he deserves. All right. Well, we'll have to look out if he does for sure. And I'm sure you'll be very busy once the Olympics roll around <laughs> yes. with all of your, the gold standard content. So yeah, don't, uh, don't want to miss it. I've enjoyed this sports Saturday. Definitely mm-hmm. have to come back another time. Listen to box to box, um, 10 PM on what day is it? Mondays, <laughs> 10 PM on Mondays. And then listen to the gold standard right after at 11 AM. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Any final thoughts before we send it off? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Go I, listen to Cup of Bro and review yeah. your own coffee. <laughs> yeah, review, review the coffee. Listen to Cup of Bro. Review That's the a good way to and, and sign it off. There you go. All right. Well, we hope everyone enjoyed this hour of sports Saturday. You'll hear me in like just a second because I'm doing another hour and another show. So always on the grind. Um, and but other than that, if you're sign, if you're signing off the airwaves, I hope everyone has a fun and safe rest of your weekend.